In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. On November 12, 2012, a man walked into a psychiatrist's home with a sledgehammer and a knife and attacked the doctor, almost killing him. The victim was Dr. Michael Weiss, a psychiatrist who had been in a heated on-again, off-again relationship with Dr. Pamela Bookbinder, who turned out to be the attacker's cousin. After being apprehended, the attacker, Jacob Nolan, claimed he'd been brainwashed into committing the attack by his cousin, but Pamela, who was also a psychiatrist, denied any wrongdoing. Who is the real culprit behind this brutal attack? Welcome back, everybody, to Not Another True Crime Podcast. I'm Sarah Levine. And I'm Danny Murphy, your partners in wine, crime, and time. I mean, we had a New York one today, Sarah, which is fun, because, I mean, what are we if not... Murder. Neither of us live in Manhattan, (laughs) so they're not that connected to us. That's true, actually. (laughs) Yeah, so, you know, we we traveled over water to get to here. I love that. Yes, I know, and today's uh, case is another listener submission from the archives. I do keep a list, I will say. And she checks it, not twice, but sometimes. (laughs) Maybe twice a year. Yeah, (laughs) that would be your Santa. You're like, I make my list and I check it periodically, you know, when I, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I check it whenever I need content, so um, yeah. But this one, what also is good because I this one was discussed like written about so much in like uh, newspapers because it was such like a case and I was like oh we're using local news but I always forget that New York has local news because I just think of it as news so it was great to remember that for myself because I'm just like <laughs> oh my god we're so elite so those, elite I'm like those coastal elites <laughs> no in full swing <laughs> I love it yeah actually this is interesting because it's not actually a murder thank no. goodness it's just an attempted murder you know. You know. Just a little light attempted murder. A light uh, a light sledgehammer involved, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of questions about this, but um, the first one would be, like, why is sledgehammer your number, like, your first idea for committing a murder? I guess they're a Fifth Army fan, yeah, who knows. Yeah, I really, like, uh, all of this from start <laughs> Do they to have a song called Sledgehammer? Because I'm just thinking of the Work From Home oh. music video where they're all in construction outfits. They have a song called Sledgehammer, and Emmy oh. Blotnick, this comedian that I think is really funny, has a funny bit where she's like, it makes no sense because it was like, if you could take my pulse right now, you make me feel like a sledgehammer. And that's like, that's someone dying because it's just up once and then down versus, you know what I mean? Right. I think she means a jackhammer. That, yeah, right? But I guess jackhammer <laughs> wouldn't sound that great. They need the a radio. fact checker. They, well, they're yeah, disbanded they're, now. They're lyricists. Maybe that's, that's true, what that's they true. fought over. They that's were like, why. They were like, guys, we are not factually pop star correct. We need to fix this. Yeah. Well, I mean, in any case... We're going to talk about uh, the attempted murder of Michael Weiss by Jacob Nolan. And the connection of how he led to do such attack. Yeah, this shit really is like a Law & Order episode. I mean, I'm sure the second this news broke, Dick Wolf was like, all right. Oh. What do we got? We get like, <laughs> He's like, let's do a psychologist instead of a psychiatrist. Like, <laughs> yeah. He changes one detail. That and then like- they're like. 
this is this episode does not depict any real person or event. <laughs> it's like, um, hi. No, because when I was telling you, because people were asking, like, oh, what are you guys like discussing this week? I was like, all I'm going to say is a psychiatrist and a sledgehammer, and I'll let you listen. Boom. That's, that would be the, the name for a really good Lifetime movie, The Psychiatrist and the Sledgehammer. Well, that's what I was thinking how this one isn't one. So maybe that's what we do uh, while we, <laughs> well, you know, what, with all our free time, we'll write a Lifetime movie. Oh, my God. Yeah, when we start a production company. <laughs> oh, God, yes. Uh, okay, but guys, strap in because this is really fucking weird. It's so fucking weird. So it, it kind of starts with, a young man by the name of Jacob Nolan. He grew up in Ronkonkoma, New York. Shouts out Long Island. Nothing good comes out of there. Myself included, honestly. I'm terrible. <laughs> um, and Jacob had a pretty uneventful childhood up until his teenage years. He was the youngest of three children, and he apparently liked to invent things and was just, like, very creative. Uh, he was diagnosed with ADHD when he was five, but it wasn't until he was around 14 or 15 years old that his parents say they started noticing some significant personality changes and he became uh, quite volatile, had a lot of mood swings. There would be times when he was a star student and really active and then sometimes when he just couldn't get out of bed. Um, he had some problems drinking and doing drugs. And then he ended up going to high school in Miami where his mood swings kind of intensified and eventually he was diagnosed with depression and anxiety and bipolar disorder and he um, struggled with thoughts of suicide and by the time he made it to college doctors had prescribed him 30 medications um but nothing was really working nothing was really helping him until helping him until yeah uh, a psychiatrist by the name of dr pamela bookbinder who was also his cousin which is the weirdest part of this i think i'm also like that's not allowed right it shouldn't be. I can't. Yeah, I, I, because that's what that's I, true. I was like confused because I'm like, I don't think you're allowed to like. Uh, I mean, I guess like push up a subject. You're like an ER doctor, and like your cousin's bleeding. You're like, I'll operate. On, I'll fix, save that. But like psychiatrists to like unpack. I like. I don't. I, I was already questioning from the get go. Yeah, it's definitely like sus. I mean, would love if you guys are if you are a, a mental health professional. Slide in our DMs at Not Another True Crime. Let us know what you think about this. I mean, my literally uninformed instinct would just be that that does seem like a weird kind of ethical quandary. Also, if any mental health professional slides in our they're going to be like, you guys are lost cause. I can't. This is too much for us to. I can't. I can't be. Oh, my God. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she offered to help. So Pamela had a practice on 9th Street between 5th and 6th Ave, a village. And according to uh, her vitals dot com profile, which you can literally still see. She had a 3.6 star rating from her patients. However, we don't know if any of this was tanked. That like, could... That, <laughs> maybe she started with the higher one. That could be true. Because when I see a 3.6, I don't even order from a place on... Uh, yeah, that's not <laughs> good. With yeah, my, my doctors need to have like four stars and above on ZocDoc. So. Oh, at men, yes. I also feel like if you orchestrated an attempted murder plot and you still have a 3.6 rating, like that's pretty good. That is... That's actually... You know what? You have a lot of positives that weigh it. I, I do feel like that. I feel like people get their, like people especially like who get featured on true crime docs and stuff get their Yelp ratings tanked for like way less. That, okay. So, you know, maybe, maybe she wasn't that bad. <laughs> we'll, we'll never know, I guess, because Jacob's parents felt their prayers were answered when Pamela said she would help. And here's where it also gets like even more oh, questionable God. in my opinion. She, he wasn't like seeing her once a week. She literally took him 
to her Chelsea apartment where he would live part-time and give him therapy sessions and monitoring his meds. And it just was like this, like, sort of bootleg inpatient thing. That's what I was... It was sort of like he was sent to, like, a treatment center, but the treatment center was his cousin's, like, Chelsea apartment. And is she even, like... There's no other, like, professionals to kind of, like, fact-check, gut-check anything for him. Right. Also, a fun side note is that that apartment was cost $7,000 a month. Talk about crime. (laughs) Yeah. Renting for 7K? You know what? After the rent increases now, it's probably like 12K. Oh my God. (laughs) That, or maybe you get a deal now. Who knows? Oh, who knows? Uh, (laughs) One month free for 7K. Or you could probably get a deal on the attempted murder apartment. Okay, that's actually true. see if they're on Zillow. That's actually true. Look on Street Easy. But so also the, another kind of interesting aspect was that there was kind of a trade-off in this arrangement because in return for basically like helping Jacob for free, the deal was that he would take care of Pamela's four-year-old son, Calder. Like, again, that doesn't seem to code. No, because it's like, when I know a lot of people, even like the parents, everyone were kind of like, so you have this cousin who's now your patient, who you live with and is go is living with you because he needs help and is going through something and you're having him take like, responsibility for your young child it just doesn't none of it makes sense and also none of it is at it's core like ethical for a psychiatrist to practice i would yeah i would feel like no like i i don't know my therapist like isn't even like can't even like say hi to me in public you know (laughs) (laughs) like this is like a really intense level of involvement no it's like (laughs) i mean that's confidentiality it's supposed to be like that and then even more uh when calder was four pamela asked jacob to be her to be his godfather, which was like even before she took Jacob in. Yes, I also was confused because I was like, do you get godfathers at age four? I thought you get that. At, I mean, who knows? Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I think you can get one whenever, but That's my true. parents said that shit lined up when we were born. Exactly, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I kind of feel like it It implies to me that she like did not have friends because... That's who the Godfather is supposed to be. It's like your aunt, uncle, for, like your parents' friend. That's true, actually. Yeah. Sus. So Pamela was also she was like date long. She was dating this other doctor, who's the Michael father of Calder, Calder. Weiss. Yeah. Yes, who's who was her son's father, and they had this like very on again, off again relationship. Um, they were never married, but they were like living together. They had a kid together, but it was like really toxic. Uh, physical on both ends, just like all around not good. At one point, she was charged with assault. It left him in stitches due to like broken glass. He was also arrested once for allegedly threatening her or attempting to assault her. And they kind of like would just like call the police like on and off. The charges would already get dismissed until it got to family court when they really split for good and they fought over the custody of their son. Yeah, so that's where it definitely got extra messy when they were not just fighting with each other, but fighting with the court about how to take care of their kid, visitation for the kid, custody, all that stuff. And that's, of course, not shockingly, that is a very stressful thing, I'm sure, for two parents trying to co-parent with that. But this got to a more extreme level. So let's jump right in to the attack. So on November 12th, 2012, Jacob, the cousin, showed up to Michael's office 
with like a very suspicious looking duffel bag they recognize in hindsight. When he got there, he started yelling about uh, Michael and Pamela's six-year-old son, who Jacob was the godfather of, about unpaid tuition fees, kind of like fighting with him about how to take care of the kid because Pamela really instilled in Jacob the fact that like Calder is your, he's like, you need to look out for him, all this stuff. So really gave Jacob a sense of like, need to protect him and everything like that. So after yelling and screaming, he just went into the bathroom, which no one would expect anything, you know, mid-fight bathroom break. But uh, yeah, <laughs> sometimes you need to pee. And also, but here's the fight. Also, because obviously he's arguing with someone who is trained in uh, like psychology, understanding people. Uh, Weiss did ask Nolan to leave the bag outside because he was worried there was something in it, more likely a bug than um, a weapon, like just like to see what was being recorded or anything. But Jacob I mean, he was listen. onto something because it is weird to like show up to somebody's house out of the blue with a duffel, a duffel bag. bag and then go and bring your bag into a bathroom. That's facts. That's <laughs> yeah. Facts. Uh, very uh, Lisa right now. Are people doing coke in your bathroom? But uh, to a more extreme <laughs> level. Right. It's like how I would try to conceal my period in middle school, like bring my entire <laughs> backpack to the bathroom. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no, I just need to study in there. Uh, so <laughs> right. Sarah did not listen. She brought her backpack. Jacob brought his duffel bag. Right. Little did I know it was suspicious. Yeah. And um, so while Michael was getting the documents out that Jacob was shouting to discuss, Jacob came out of the bathroom swinging, like fully swinging a sledgehammer, hitting him on the shoulder. So he got a, sh- a sledgehammer directly to the shoulder, which sounds so, f- I mean, if, duh, it's very painful and brutal. So he then went on to, st- I mean, he really was very close. He went on to stab his back and chest eight times with a kitchen knife. Somehow, Ouch. after getting hit with a sledgehammer and stabbed eight times front and back, Michael was able to get the blade out of Jacob's hand and stab Jacob once in the collarbone, oh my God, before crawling into the hallway asking for help. Well, because Michael was like 6'3 and 200 pounds, I read. Yeah, so like oh. he was a big fucking guy. Man is a bill. Yeah, he is, is a big guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he really, like, when I saw the photo of, it, it, the thing was, when I saw the photo of him, I was like, why are they taking all these photos of, like, the detective that was on the case? And I was like, oh, this is Michael. Okay, there we go. So uh, police did end up recovering the duffel bag, uh, which contained cigarettes, <laughs> plastic zip ties. <laughs> you got to have your mid-attack smoke uh, break and your mid-attack bathroom break. Father, son, house of Gucci. <laughs> of course. You need the cigarettes. Plastic zip ties, a plastic Home Depot bag, two pillows, and an annotated map of Michael's apartment. So, like, it was all, it was, like, written out by someone, the ins and out of Michael's apartment. So, Michael and the ex were people who were, like, experts in psychology and bad at breakups. So, they really, maybe, I hope, for any psychologist out there, maybe you need a psychologist, too, to help yourself (laughs) with things. Oh, 100%. And here is where it starts to get. Like, roundabout scapegoat. Not surprisingly, it's not like Jacob just randomly woke up and chose violence against this guy he tangentially knows from his cousin's child. She, Pamela paid for the sledgehammer that was used in this attack on the estranged father of the child because it was all caught on surveillance photos and video and everything like that from Home Depot. So the footage shows her paying in cash for it. So it's like she tried to have no paper trail, but the, the video was the trail. And uh, the yeah. night before the attempted murder. And Jacob was with her. So all of this was in a 24-hour, like, they went to Home Depot. The next day, he came to it. 
Like, bro. Her attorneys <gasps> chose not to comment on why she bought that sledgehammer. Probably but it's also smart. like Yeah. But it but also the thing is it's like you're not in like it's not the property brothers. You're a Pamela, a psychologist who like lives in Chelsea. You're not what do you need a sledgehammer for? I mean, I think it's smart not to comment because anything they had come up with would have just like not been convincing at all. That is, you know, so, you know, what? yeah. (laughs) And also on top of that, the knife that uh, Jacob used was part of a set from Pamela's house. I mean, he was living there, so it was his only access really to a knife, but still. So Michael survived the attack, like we said, and went on to fire a $5 million lawsuit against Pamela, accusing her of orchestrating the attack. I know they said he like- Seems fair. He like crawled- <laughs> I'm on his yeah. side. Right, oh no, right, yeah. I'm like, yeah, that all tracks. And he like crawled yeah. out of his apartment into the hallway screaming for help. Yeah. And her motive that he claimed, this is a t- tale as old as true You crime. guys already know, it's truly a tale as old as time. Uh, so she could cash in on the 1.5 million life insurance policy he amended to name her as a beneficiary of just four days before the attack. Well, I think what actually happened was their son was the beneficiary, but she was not the executor, but I'm like failing to think of the word, but basically she was able to like control them. Oh, um, um, yeah, I know. I know that word you're talking about because I know they, they got in an argument where like, she, because it was going to be for him, but like she wanted to have that oversight thing, and also because he was a four-year-old, it would make sense for that. Yeah. And what was interesting, at least from my researching of this, the press didn't really kick off for it until like a year later, and also huh. no really moves were made. So Michael's really pissed that like Jacob wasn't immediately indicted and Pamela wasn't immediately arrested and all of that. I mean, once again. There. Like, there. No, Michael. It's crazy. I, I, I feel like we've really seen how public pressure can lead to indictments. So right? it's kind of like. And I'm not saying Michael's a good man because I don't really know the ins and out of him and Pamela's relationship or his side. But I understand where he's coming from in these aspects. I mean, they did try to murder him. Like, yeah. Sheesh. So then we go to court, but first, family court. Despite this being a very grisly attack, you know, start off in family court as opposed to criminal court. This court date didn't happen until almost two years after Jacob was indicted. Mm-hmm. And the reason I went to family court was because Michael was concerned about the well-being of his child. No shit. And at the current time, he maintained sole custody. And he was basically pissed that appropriate action wasn't taken. So he wanted to show the surveillance footage at family court. And also a lot of details that we have about the attempted murder um, are from court documents from family court. So it's pretty interesting. Um, Michael also brought a handwriting expert to say that a crude map of the layout of Michael's building that Jacob had on him at the time of the attack of his arrest was uh, drawn by Pamela. And there were multiple calls between them before the attack. The judge ruled that she did plot with Nolan to kill Weiss. And so Pamela was banned from visiting her son. And then their family court battle got messy. So let's get to that. So Michael sued both Jacob and Pamela, uh, claiming that they hatched the plan for $1.5 million for life insurance policy. This was a civil suit that he filed. So he claimed that Pamela gave uh, Jacob details about the building's layout, helped him obtain weapons, which we like literally see on the footage, and came up with the scheme. Things got heated in family court because Pamela, maybe falsely, uh, maybe not, 
accuse Michael of sexually abusing their son and also um, assaulting her. Michael said that Jacob called Pamela on his cell phone to tell her that he was injured and the plane had gone awry. He also, as they were like in the hallway waiting for police, took a selfie, like a bloody selfie, and sent it to her yeah. to be like, help, <laughs> help, things didn't go according to plan. That's not what he said in the text, but he like sent a selfie. To let her know, which also like, I mean, they I guess back then it's like, those stay forever. Selfies stay forever even if you delete them. Yeah. And then uh, Michael's attorney said he overheard Pamela checking in on Jacob at the same hospital where Michael was being treated immediately after he was attacked. Um, so it's kind of just like your ex, your, whatever, the father of your child is in the hospital for this like attack and you're checking on the guy you who's committed the attack. Stabbed. And also I'm like, there's a lot of hospitals, not a, there's a good amount of hospitals in New York. Why are they in the same one? I guess it was yeah, the closest to get rushed to, but you'd think there would be a little it's more. Funny. Yeah. Imagine they put them in the same room. They're like, <laughs> They're like well, sorry, budget cuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And the, the suit also claims that just a few days before the attack, Pamela pushed Michael to amend the life insurance policy so that she would control the proceeds, like we said before. She was allegedly angry over a disagreement about their son's school tuition. And in fact, that was kind of the ruse that sent Jacob to the apartment in the first place. He said he was, like, getting paperwork related to the tuition. So now let's get to Jacob's defense, because this is... What the person, I feel like they gave us that one sentence Shark Tank pitch about like, this is a very interesting topic that you guys should discuss because it, the defense was, and this is what Jacob said, his cousin Pamela brainwashed him into carrying out the attack. And so this was the angle that they were going to use. Uh, Jacob's lawyer uh, even said that as a psychiatrist, she just knew what buttons to push on him, which I mean, looking back, I kind of understand where that defense is coming from as well. I do understand it. Yeah. And while on trial, it kind of was brought up again about how Jacob suffered from the depression, anxiety, and the bipolar disorder, blaming Pamela into taking advantage of all this to manipulate him. Uh, also, what was kind of weird, they noting just like Jacob's behavior in the court, like he winked to his family before the trial started from the, uh, while he was uh, sitting in front, which is just like a very bizarro thing. I guess, but I kind of also feel like you're kind of damned if you do and damned if you don't. That is true. When you're on trial, like, if you show too much emotion, you're, like, unstable. And then if you don't, you're a robot. That's but actually, yeah. I get that a wink could play weirdly. A wink could, oh, yeah, a wink could play out in a little interesting way. And you know what could play out even weirder? Yeah. These text <laughs> messages between the two. Remember they are cousins. Cousins, identical. Yeah. Are they first cousins or, like, second? Like, I feel like because she's older than him. Cousin is a cousin is a cousin. I'm I not really doing know, the Karen Mean Girls to tell you got your cousins or you got your cousins. I, I kind of would say, like, it's not any less. Is it less weird? It's like marginally less weird, but I guess not significantly less weird. Yeah, a little. Yes, yes. So Pamela texted Nolan and referred to him as love, lovely, sweetie, and sweet Jay. Uh, also saying, you are remarkable. You are brilliant, Jake. I have so many thoughts about you. My love for you is huge. Ew. She all of this, which is just very, very bizarre. Also, again, she's his psychiatrist. Like that, this is not okay. 
is the thing. Yeah. So then uh, Jacob even says, my experience with Pamela looking back was incredibly frightening, incredibly frightening. And um, kind of what you were saying to your point, Sarah, about like, she is his psychiatrist and like taking care of him. There were uh, like photos of them in bed together and like just like quote unquote hanging out. They weren't like naked, but they weren't they, naked. He was like in his under, but they like, were like hanging out. In yeah, her bed. yeah, they were like hanging out in her bed, like with her son, with her son, which is just you know I, I I'm not that close to my cousin. You know I don't know. Uh, right. Yeah. So people said that was also, yeah. but the main thing people said was weird about that was that she was his mental health. Uh, right. Right. Advisor. Totally weird. Um, so all of the family, of course, said that he was brainwashed and have a bad bone in his body, the yada, yada, yada that families do. Uh, when interviewed on 48 Hours, Jake alleged that Pamela wanted an even gorier way to kill Michael, saying she wanted me to inject him with some, you know, poisonous chemical. She wanted to burn him alive in front of a group of people. Yeah, she also wanted to, she wanted Jacob to torture him before yeah. killing him. And Jacob was like, nah, I'm not no, going to do that. I'm just going to. Make this Torture, man do no pain with killing. Yeah, yeah. I draw the line. <laughs> right. Yeah, you need more than cigarettes to make, make me do that. Uh, he also said that the morning of the attack, he woke up with Pamela in his bed, rubbing his back, telling him how much she loved him. Gross. Then she packed up a duffel bag with the sledgehammer and the knife and some zip ties. It's truly like like you're like okay, do you have your lunchable? You have literally. You got your go. I was gonna say that. Yeah. it's like you got your little Clementine. You got your PB and J. Nope, you got your murder weapons. You got your and zip ties. Mm-hmm, have mm-hmm. a good day. Enjoy, sweetie. And then sent him out the door saying, "Life is going to be so much better once Michael is terminated." Woof. They had this uh, back and forth with him with a really intent, um, strong attempt of pleading that he was brainwashed, everything like that. But ultimately, Jacob was convicted of attempted murder, assault, and burglary on March 14th, 2016. The jury took like about an hour to come to this decision. Like one one female juror even said that the case was cut and dried and that everybody was in favor of him getting his punishment. Uh, here's the thing. He was ultimately sentenced on July 27th, 2016 for nine and a half years after Michael, the victim, urged the judge not to impose the maximum, he said, that, "Wow, right there, I, God, I, you know that, yeah." Michael said that he has no personal desire to punish Jake, and that a long prison sentence will not undo what has happened or restore the sense of security that has forever been taken from me. True, uh, and he went in on his ex even more when he was uh, saying this claim. He was like, "While I am able to forgive Jacob for the attack on me." I am not able to forgive him for the impact that the attack will have on my son when he inevitably learns that his cousin and mother attempted to murder his father. Uh, Weiss continued in a soft, emotional voice, no child should bear such a burden. I mean, yeah, like, can you imagine what these family get-togethers are like? Right. Also, it's like, okay, you have two you have two psych- psych- psychiatrists as parents, and then this is the end result. Right. Uh, so she's also part of the reason he did not want Jacob for a very long sentence because he feels like she was more culpable and guilty than mm-hmm. Jacob. To this day, Jacob says his mind was not his own when he went on the attack. And also, I mean, he did. He was not getting treated properly for all of his mental health issues. He talked to yeah, 48 Hours. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah. Like, not at all. My God. Oi, oi, oi. And uh, he talked to 48 Hours and said, here I am with this knife and the guy's bleeding and I'm bleeding and I'm thinking, oh my God, this is terrifying. It's as if I woke up from a bad dream. So as far as Pamela, she wasn't charged until October 20th, 2017, which was like five years after the attack. And she kind of tried to run. So she was actually arrested um, on a New York City warrant. But 
was apprehended by the Onondaga County Sheriff's Office, which is in central New York. I was going to say upstate, but uh, it's upstate to me. So, like, soon after the warrant was issued, she fled to Fayetteville, uh, where her friend lived. And Fayetteville is only two hours from Canada, fun fact. And according to court documents, she had her passport and her birth certificate on her, Mm. which you don't bring, like, you don't need to bring your birth certificate to Canada for a little trip to Niagara Falls. It's not how it goes. Not really, no. No. So she was charged with attempted murder, burglary, and attempted assault for allegedly convincing Jacob to stab and beat Michael. She was held without bail at Rikers, and basically there was this, like, long battle where she tried to argue to get bail. She was going to, like, try to post a $1.5 million bail and, like, give up all these things. And the judge was like, no. (laughs) No heart. That was the official court document. Yeah, babe, no. The judge who also tried Jacob's case said, my view of it at this point is that this is in essence a homicide case and there's really no amount of bail that would be sufficient to prevent somebody in his bookbinder's situation from fleeing. Fair. Um, her lawyers denied her involvement, though she pleaded not guilty in October 2017. Not much really has happened since. Um, I don't know why. I literally asked my friend who's a lawyer. I was like searching uh, just like, Googling, like, the case name. Like, it seems like a really weird time to be charged in prison and not have an update. Um, On April 19th, 2018, the New York State Department of Health issued an interim order to stop her from practicing. No shit. I mean, how is she going to do that from Rikers Island? Um, What's kind of weird, though, is in family court, Pamela said that she closed her practice because of the negative publicity surrounding the attempted murder. Again, no shit, no, but yeah. it's just interesting because she says that her license to practice psychiatry was not revoked. But then um, it's funny, but on the New York, literal, the New York State Department of Health website, they had an order put out. So I might believe that. Yeah, I mean, maybe it was, it's an interim order. So that probably means it wasn't like completely sus- revoked. But in any case, again, like, who are you counseling from Rikers? Yeah, and then, I mean, really the most recent update that I was able to, fa- to find um, is actually really recent. In January 2022, Pamela and another um, inmate filed a suit against Kathy Hochul, de Blasio, the state of New York, the Board of Corrections, uh, Bedford Correctional Facility, blah, 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 a few other people um, related to prison conditions. Basically, she and another inmate at first jointly sued, trying to say their constitutional rights were violated when they were transferred from Rikers Island to Bedford Correctional Facility. I got to say, honey, you're probably better off. I was going to say. Knowing what we know about Rikers. Yeah. And basically this January 2022 decision, um, these plaintiffs wanted their cases to, uh, number one, be severed, and number two, to proceed anonymously so they would be named as Jane Doe in future proceedings. Um, The court agreed to sever the cases, but the sort of motion to name them anonymously was denied. Mm. But as far as the attempted murder charge, I really found no update. No, I like I tried to search each individual person's name, just the concept, like everything. And it seems like the press and the updates stopped. So I I mean, well, I also I mean, I also asked my friend who's a lawyer to like look in the court system. And she didn't really find anything. She doesn't work in criminal law, but it's possible that Things got pushed because of COVID. That's what I think. And because it's one of those things where now they're getting back. I mean, this was a very intense case, but like in terms of like everything that the New York York State court is dealing with, 
I feel this might be like in a medium territory for them. So, I mean, we'll keep an eye. I mean, because now I really want to have the final ending of the story. So we'll definitely keep an eye out and any updates we'll keep you guys posted with too. Yeah, no, I'm definitely curious. I mean, I don't know. I mean, she should definitely go to jail. I also think that he belongs in some kind of prison sentence, but... Or maybe instead just like a mental health facility. That was my one thing for Jacob where I feel like no one really – because the brainwashing thing, I feel that's just like a very like hard thing for like jurors to wrap their head around everything like that. But like just the fact that he was not being properly treated for what he needed and like having any support, I hope he is getting some help in his – because all they all I was able to find out is that he – was just into prison for almost 10 years. So, I mean, here's hoping that they are they are taking steps to help him with that. I I, I mean, yeah, I definitely feel like he was really vulnerable and not in the right mind. But I don't know. I also think that his his family has been kind of trying to, like, divorce him of any responsibility from what? this. And it's yeah. like, well, you still did it. Yeah. Like... You hit you 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 held the sledgehammer. I know. I think that she should be much more like. I think she's more culpable, and I think she 100%. should be, uh, like get it, given a sort of harsher sentence, and maybe like, I don't know. I think the argument could definitely be made that he should be in like a mental health facility and not a prison. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, but what, his family had one. Their family had one quote that just like made me laugh. That I texted to you. That oh wait, yeah. I just was like, you people are slightly ridiculous. Um, they said, <laughs> Jake says he's very remorseful for what he has done and that he would like to give Michael Weiss a hug. And I'm just like, bro, like you tried to kill him. Like get the fuck out of here. That feels so manipulative to me. Like. That man does not want a hug from you. No, he wants he's to already done you so again. much. Yeah, he's already done so much. Like he already argued for you not to get the maximum sentence. Like, fuck out of here. Like, truly. I know. So that was funny. very enraging. And I hope that Michael and his son are doing okay. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Who the oh fuck God. knows? Anyway, so that's that. I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see if any uh developments happen this kind of gave me vibes of over my dead body did you listen to that podcast yes yeah oh yeah we went to that premiere i know that was fun i wonder oh my god that was like a million years ago when things happened yeah Ugh. yeah but anyway so who knows if there will be updates it kind of feels like this got lost in the ether like this case it's really weird very much that yeah i know but we'll see we'll, we'll hope to see but you know what is good that always gives us an ending jorge's game <laughs> oh what a case what a case indeed so in today's case we saw how pamela was able to manipulate jacob into committing an unspeakable act so today we are going to put your powers of manipulation to the test. Oh, <laughs> so you each have secretly sent me some facts about yourself. And here is how the game will work. I'm about to send you secretly a fact. And you're going to tell that fact to the other person. The twist is that this fact may or may not be true. And oh. it's going to be the other person's job. To ascertain whether this is a true or fake fact. 
about yourself. Oh shit! Okay, I'm a terrible liar. <laughs> well, not gonna do Sarah, you have oh. built up quite a lead in our <laughs> true crime championships, true. so Bye. this might be Danny's game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's fine. All right, <laughs> Danny, okay. I am going to send you. I'm going to slack you. Ooh, okay, fact. we're corporate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Danny, that is the fact. Okay, so one time. I went to a karaoke bar. Andy was there. I don't need to say the last name. And we <laughs> did sing a duet together. Can I ask questions? Yeah, you, you can yeah. ask a couple of What was the questions. song? Uh, I Got You, Babe. <laughs> Who was a share? Usually it's me, but I let I let an Andy be a share. <laughs> you have to share the share. Uh, should I ask more questions? You, you can. Let- or if you feel like you uh, you know, you can just answer. I'm going to say that this doesn't sound real. It's not real. That uh, is correct. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, if this happened, I would know about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Andy, if you do want to sing, though, let me hit you up. Right? All right, Sarah, you are on the board. <laughs> All right, Sarah, this is your fact. Ooh. Oh, my God. Okay, this is, this is like the highlight of my life, pretty much. So I was at this event at the Guggenheim and um, I had gotten a sneak peek of like some of the guest list and I knew that Future was going to be there, the rapper, one of my favorites. Um, And so I feel like it was pretty late in the night. Like, I don't know, what is time? But he finally like arrived, like we saw him arrive in the VIP section in this like haze of bodyguards and I was like, should I try to talk to him? Should I do it? And I was like, I have to. I will literally like hate myself if I don't. So I just went to his bodyguard and I'm like, hi, can I like talk to him? And he's like, oh yeah, yeah, sure, go ahead. So I just went up and I was like, hey, I'm a huge fan. Like whatever we're talking. I told him how I used to live near like this club that he like shot a video at. And then he said he liked my nose rings and then I died. Ooh, wait, what year was this? <laughs> uh, oh. Maybe 2016. Wait, and what was the Guggenheim event? It's like um, they do this party every year, like with Dior. I don't know how to explain it. Oh, okay. Wait, did you take a photo with him or no? Oh, I sure did. Oh, where'd you post it? Well, my friend took it of us. Okay. Why do I feel, I know you've met some, I'll say it's true. It is true. That is correct, Danny. Well done. Sarah, that had so many details in it. I would have been very surprised if you pulled off like that lie. That I know. Now, good. if I lie, I have to like make up an entire elaborate <laughs> backstory. So I've shot myself in the foot with that. All right, Danny, this is your next fact. The fact of life. Um, a restaurant once iced me and my friends by lying and saying they were bringing dessert out. That would be amazing. I kind of want that to be true, but... Where was the restaurant? Hoboken. But the thing is with Hoboken, don't a lot of those restaurants like like not have their own alcohol? Like you bring your own? There's more BYOBs than not, I guess, yeah. Well, I feel like there's mm-hmm. BYOBs in Manhattan too. Who, like why did they ice you? Like whose idea was this? I don't know why they iced me. <laughs> <laughs> I just, what restaurant was it? Dozino's. Dozino's. I've never heard of that, but I don't go to Hoboken that much. 
I don't know. This doesn't sound real, but I kind of want it to be real. I'm just going to go with, well, I feel like this would happen to you, though. I'm going to go with it happened. It did happen. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> they literally brought out, they were like, I guess because we were loud and drunk. They were like, we have a lovely dessert for you guys on the house. And we're like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And they bring this giant skillet wrapped. Well, first they put out a thing for like the heat thing. They were like, the skillet's hot, so we have to put that down. And then brought this huge skillet with aluminum foil on it. We ripped it off. There was seven ices in it. I'm obsessed. And did you like get on your knee and chug? Yes, bitch. I'm not a pussy. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. It's amazing. We have to go there. And it is BYO. I don't know why they have ices, but. That's, they probably aren't supposed to, but I love it. Yeah, I hope they get in trouble. Great. We just put them on blast. Sorry. <laughs> Fabulous pizza dough, too. Oh, so. I'm obsessed. Well done. Well, you're batting 100, both Ooh, of you right all now. All right. Oh, wow. Oh, you're so good at this. All right, Sarah, this is your next one. Oh, my God. <laughs> so embarrassing. <laughs> oh, okay. So when I was studying abroad, um, I, t- I tend to be clumsy, and I was trying to take a little cute fountain pick, as, as you do, and... I kind of fell in, kind of got a little bit drenched, and I was really far from my apartment. I didn't have time to go home, and so I just had to be wet from fountain water for where, hours. Where was the fountain? Uh, I said you brought in Paris. I, I don't like. That's remember. where it was. Yeah, you, t- you took the photo in Paris. I took the photo there. Wait, I feel like I don't know. I I don't I don't think of you as cl- clumsy. Well, thank you. <laughs> I'm gonna say it's false. That is correct, Danny. Well done. I made that one up. Tried to sell it. <laughs> you did. No, you did good, Sarah. You sold yeah, it that well. Was, that's pretty good. Uh, but I can't imagine you like face painting it. Yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> I respect. I, I respect you more than that. All right. All right. No one has uh, not won a point oh, so shit. far. This is great. You're both killing it. All right, this is Danny. Be, wouldn't, we wouldn't be good at cults. That's true. That's true. <laughs> This is your next fact, Danny. Uh, one time I rode in an elevator with James Franco. Okay. Where? Uh, New Haven. New Haven? Why were you there? Because my brother went to Yale. Huh. What was the building? Like an apartment building? Like A hotel. A hotel. So were you staying at the hotel? Mm-hmm. I feel like he did. Did he? Did James Franco teach at Yale or did he teach at like NYU or some? I know he like, taught at NYU. Bullshit improv thing. Um, <laughs> hey. Sorry. Did no, you, you, uh, you can shit on improv. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say anything to him? Um, I said, nice weather. <laughs> <laughs> what did he say? I know. I'm going to, I don't know about this. I'm not sure. I'm going to say no. It did happen. That is incorrect, Sarah. <laughs> that did happen. No! <laughs> he had the deepest V on of all time. And it was before all the scandals, so I could be happy about it. Oh, damn. Okay. Maybe that's why, because I was like, I feel like this would have come up if it was post-scandal. No, yeah, it was pre-scandal. And he did teach there. He did? Okay, damn it. See, or he got like his... gone P- with my gut. I think he like, Oh, I think that's what he did. I think he got his uh, PhD. PhD, or MFA. Or, or, oh, yeah, wow. Or uh, For MFA. Him. I guess. All right. Well, Danny has taken a little bit of a lead. Uh-oh. Sarah, this is oh. the last fact. Oh, Got to sell it. Here we go. <sighs> okay. So uh, this is also embarrassing. I sort of sort of got catfished 
once. Um, <laughs> yes, of course, um, on a dating app. So, it was, I mean, he was really good looking. We met up for a drink. Um, and I get to the bar and I'm like looking around for the guy. Don't see him. You know, you pull up the app. You're like checking everyone. <laughs> And so I was about to like, I don't know, just go to the bar and start ordering margaritas for myself. Thought it was stood up. Maybe the bartender would like take pity on me. Um, so I get to the bar. This guy offers to buy me a drink. And I'm like, huh, you know, fancy my luck. Okay, not so bad. And then it turns out that was my app date. And he didn't recognize you? I think he was trying to play it cool because he knew that he lied. How much was the lie? He was like, he had used better pictures of himself, but okay. I feel like in his images, he was like sunglasses, hat, scarf. So like, you know, when you see that stuff and you just try to like imagine the best version of that person. It's and like so it was caught just, with masks on. Yeah, exactly. I know. Pre-mask days. Um, I'm going to, because that like does just happen of a catfish, but then him trying to play it off, I feel no one would ever, so I'm going to say it's false. That is correct. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Darn it. That was a close game, but Danny, you are fun. the winner of today's Woo! game. You are On a great board. manipulator. <laughs> People would agree. <laughs> well, Danny has uh, finally gotten on the board Woo! of the NATCP 2022 championship. As it stands, Sarah with three points, Danny with one. So, right. hey, the right. January is over. I can, I, my, my is back. Yeah, <laughs> I just needed the, I just needed the liquid courage. Right, I love it. Well, that was fun. Now, I feel like now we know we, we wouldn't be good at cults at starting a cult, no. and I would definitely not be able to brainwash anyone. Okay, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> not for lack of effort on my part, but I learned something positive <laughs> really, about myself today. You, you really put it all. You gave it you all. Yeah. Thank you. I tried. I feel like you did the opposite because you made everything seem like a lie. Like you were mm. like, uh, like you hesitated before everything. So that's what got me, I think. I oh, played poker, was... honey. I played poker. Okay. <laughs> we're going to go to AC. Ooh. Tear it up. Tear it up. Yes. <laughs> I mean, if you want to join us in our AC trip, let us know. And not another true crime group. Oh, my I... God. Yes. Live at the Borgata. Wait. <laughs> 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 I would do that. We could be hacks of the AC. That'd be great. I would love to. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> uh, you can, but also keep on sending us suggestions because that's how we get all, so many of our episodes now. So either oh, the Not Another True Crime group or DM us Not Another True Crime. You can follow me on Instagram at Casper Danny Casper with a K. Follow me, Sarah Lamim, and thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week. Wow. Not Another True Crime Podcast is produced by Jorge Morales-Pico and Sean Kilby. Our hosts are Sarah Levine and Danny Murphy. Editing by Jorge Morales-Pico. Social media by Sarah Levine. Be sure to follow at NATC Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to natc at betches.com. Betches.